gentlemen welcome to another episode of live from the secret stash i am one of two hosts tonight christian cordez joined always by i am michael zapsick and our uh, big shout out to our lovely other third co-host julia zapsick who is helping out a friend in florida right now being the best of friends being the best of friends hello everybody how we doing we're doing good how you doing mike how, is, am, how was your day at the stash today? i am swell we did um it's a great day Great day at the stash. Every day at the stash is a great day. But uh, today is New Comics Day. Ooh, okay. Gotta love that. And uh, let me see. Nothing. I was just very, very psyched about being True. There. We also took uh, we took off last week. So was there anything going on that we can let the good people know? Uh, update? Like, yes. We, we oh, my down? God. Thank we experienced you so much. Stuff. We did. We experienced life, folks. Yeah. But this past weekend, we did um, a signing with Philip Kennedy Johnson. That's right. How'd it go? It went phenomenally. Um, Philip is such a great guy. He's active military. Mm -hmm. He retires in two years from active military. He's he's got an insane schedule. He and he pushes himself really, really hard. He's writing five, four or five books right now. Damn, man. Action. Active in the military. And he's he's actually active military. So, and his he brought his family up. They couldn't be nicer. His uh, his wife, uh, Alana, and his son, Anders, they were phenomenal. So we got to meet them and hang out with them a little bit. And it's really nice when um, we have somebody here at the stash and we do a signing because um, we never charge. That's Rarely one of the ever. things I think is really cool about it because you're able to work it out where they come in and it's more of a more or less like, hey, just come in. You can chat with them, sign a book. Yes. Like, that's a really cool thing where so. most would just s sell tickets and go out the door. But you guys, it really it does support even the people who are inspired to be comic book writers and artists. And I think to come that in. that's fantastic. I think that's part of what we're trying to get out there now is like have people come in and. It's like, oh, we're, we're a community. We're a comic book community. That's <laughs> really cool. And so, I mean, we're encouraging that as much as we possibly can. And it was a lot of fun. So we had uh, Philip and his family were here. Thank you so much, uh, Philip. I, I now consider him a friend. It's awesome. It's like, That's hey, dope. My friend uh, writes Alien, and my friend writes Action Comics with Superman. So... <laughs> um, That's got to feel nice. It was. It was really, really cool. And just... Sitting here, like shooting the shit with him, he told me stuff that I can't tell anybody. Which not, is not yet, not yet. I but when it happens, when it drops, we'll drop the mic. Oh, you kidding? I'm hoping to get him on, um, like on here. Yeah, we'll zoom him in, and it'll be really cool. That would be dope. So, speaking of really cool, uh, you also hosted 
<laughs> um, uh, yes. uh, the the great Lloyd Kaufman in the screening of his uh, newest produced flick, Eating Miss Daisy, Eating Miss Miss Campbell Eating from Miss Trauma Campbell. Films. From Trauma Films, I am such a huge Trauma film fan. Uh, I mean, I go way back. We were my my father was um, he got um, gifted by one of his patients. In let's say I think it was 1982, uh, a VCR. So we were in like 82. That's a pretty. Oh wait, that's a on. damn good gift. When was the? It, oh my god, this thing! If you dropped it from like a height of three feet, you could crush someone's foot. Um, Sounds about right. I'm trying to think. When was the finale of Mash? Can somebody give me that? I think it was 1981 or 82. First person to. First person to say it in the comments gets my love and admiration. Good deal. Wow, nice. Um, I know the answer. What but, uh, but, uh, Talk to me. Oh, wait a minute. All right, there, there you go. All right, cool. Oh, my God. So we had had it for six months at that time. So 1982. Okay. So 1982, we had gotten uh, VCR, which was like the The newest gift. thing. It was the newest thing. And uh, wait, I'm, I'm, that didn't have ads by Leonard Nimoy, did it? Or was that the laser disc? I think those were laser discs. Yeah, that's laser disc. My uh, bad. The it it came with a remote control, mm -hmm. which was actually a button on the end of a, a wire that you plugged in. It was like a thirty foot wire, and it went. But you, that's how you paused, <laughs> or you sent your. How old was I? You sent your like. Uh, 14-year-old kid to go, go press, press balls. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we went to um, video stores were just starting to pop up around here. There's a place called Phaser Video. What a great name. It's P-H-A-S-O-R Video, Phaser. And they were over on the opposite side of the tracks. Chrissy Wiseman, you get my love and admiration. Next time you see me, Good you get girl, one of my Chrissy. amazing patent-pending hugs. There, there you, you go. are. So, um, and... We went in there right after my father got it, and we, we joined up. And they only had, like, 10 videotapes up there. So we ended up watching they had 10, and uh, I think, like, 15 Betamax. But, like, what's crazy is that that was enough to start a business, where it was like... I know, yeah. Where, like... Like, there, there were... It was almost as if they looked at uh, the Star Wars action figures, mm -hmm. and they're like... We will be getting more in. So join up and we'll take your money. And I mean, it was a winning business model in, dash, back in those days. Back in the Jesus. day, yeah. Promise people like, hey, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a lot more stuff coming in when it comes out. But for now, This watch, is what we got. Yeah, this is what we have, which is um, watch Year of Living Dangerously and, um, you know, for your eyes only. Watch those two incessantly. But once they got up and, and moving, Phaser was the place to go. There was Felice's Follies here on Broad Street, but Phaser was always on the not quite opposite side of the tracks, but in the that that section of Red Bank. They were always on the west side. Okay. The west side of Red Bank, which is, it was never bad, but it was um, not like... Yeah. But right that's here, where you, you got heavy... But let me guess, that's where you got... A trauma tape or that's trauma where movie. I got blood sucking freaks <laughs> which was not rated and uh, was the first I'm not gonna say official it wasn't the first official trauma film but it was the first 
film that Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz had backed, mm -hmm. who are essentially trauma. Trauma. So they backed that one and they parlayed that into another movie, which I think almost bankrupted them. And then Lloyd came up with the idea for uh, New Jersey's first superhero, the Toxic, Toxic Avenger. Avenger. Yes, which just wrapped its remake not too long ago Lovely. with uh, with. Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger. That is awesome. I know, right? I'm actually like kind of hyped to see this because apparently Lloyd was like very involved. That's so great. I'm like, so we're getting a big budget trauma movie? No, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's like, you know what? I'm I'm sure because he's from Patterson. I'm almost positive he's from Patterson, New Jersey. He's a Jersey boy. Um, he is not from Westeros. He is actually <laughs> from New Jersey. Let me see. Um, not Lloyd. Lloyd is from New Jersey, but Peter Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage. I'm talk, talking about Peter Dinklage. Peter. Let's see. Peter, where are you from? Oh, wow. He's from Morristown. Morristown. There you go. I was close. That's what's up. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So that's, I'm sure he's like, I want to be in a trauma film. I, not only do I want to, I want to be the Toxic Avenger. You're a dick, Chris. What did he say? Mini Toxie? Oh, that is a douche move, Chris. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> uh, oh, shout out to Chris. We love you. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, no, I... Uh, so yeah, I, and I was hyped for it. And um, eating Miss Camp Campbell... I, I was going to get it. <laughs> I'm the one who had to get it for you. Uh, eating Miss Campbell was a charming film. It was actually charming because it was three quarters English... And one quarter trauma. <laughs> so it, you had this quirky little, you know, with the the English sensibilities. You had a you had like almost Monty Python esque in a trauma flick. Yes, almost. Almost. Yes. But like it was the the you could see the influences. I had fun with it too. It was a good time. I was yeah. watching it from up in the booth. I was yeah. like, this is this is actually kind of cool. But uh, I. I went up there um, and, and hosted. I hosted, <laughs> and um, Liam, uh, Liam was um, what's his last name? I'm sorry. Oh shit, this sucks. Liam Regan. I'm sorry. I didn't even need your help. Liam Regan, uh, the director of Eating Miss Campbell, very nice guy. Uh, just started. He took over, and I was like, "Ban, cool, freaking tastic." This is, I just stood off. I, I on watched the side. you kind of slink off stage. I did. I was, uh, oh, no, I wasn't slinking. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just messing was, with you. I, was, I, I slid off because they deserve to be in the spotlight. This is their night, not mine. So I just took like three steps back and. Um, well, because it looked slinking to me only because we were we were filming it too. Okay. So I had, a, I had the frame and you're there in the beginning, but then all of a sudden. Yeah, moving over, moving, <laughs> moving, moving over. on over, and yeah. Mike is gone. But then, then towards the end, when you guys were joking, it came back. But it was still like, it was really, really fun. And yeah. Lloyd brought a great energy, not the usual crowd we have at Smod Castle. He a lot of trauma fans came, through. huge amount of trauma fans, and that's why I was more than happy to give it up. I was like, you guys are not here for me. You didn't come for Kevin. You didn't come for Ernie. You didn't come for Ashley. You didn't come for Christian. You came for Lloyd and uh, Trauma Films and for Liam. And I was, you know what? That to me warmed my heart. I was like, this is awesome. This is, this is the way that fandom should be. And so. Tromaville rolled out. Tromaville. And, and there were like repeat offenders. There. I, I seen, I had seen uh, people that I saw 
like up on the big screen. Um, <laughs> and uh, Vito, who was my man Vito, he comes up oh, to me and uh, actually um, Lloyd, when Ernie first um, introduced Lloyd and the trauma team up there, um, I heard there was this ear piercing scream from directly behind me, like in my ear. I'm like, uh, and I, I'm like, am I bleeding? And I look back <laughs> and it was Vito who was one of the characters in the movie. And I was like, I looked at him and he's like, hey, I'm really excited. I'm in this movie. I'm like, no problem. And uh, so I'm, uh, and I'm watching and lo and behold, boom, there he is. I'm like, holy shit, there he is. There he is, he that's my friend, I like and, it. And I'm like, that's my new best friend. Vito's my new best friend. Weren't you in a trauma movie? No, I was not. You were not? No. Oh. But I will tell a little story about that. Uh, and I think I told it that night, but I'm gonna tell it here. Story time. It's story time, folks. So uh, Lloyd was on Comic Book Man, and we had some fictions for the show. Mainly that, you know, Brian hung out at the secret stash all the time and that Ming actually worked at the stash. He, mm -hmm. Ming didn't. So, um, but, you know, we, we bent reality a little bit, which is our, just a touch. Uh, but, I mean, Ming was Kevin's IT guy for many years. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, they brought Lloyd in and Lloyd, I, I, you're right, there is absolutely no energy like lloyd kaufman energy oh no, man he brings it and he is just so he's infectious that uh and not in a you know std kind of way he is infectious in like you know he would take it gladly that he way probably too. would he too. probably like, would God damn, be like, I, I am God a, damn you're right <laughs> I'm, I'm a new jersey std um but he oh man he brings this this joy and we were so good the, the whole premise behind the Comic Book Men episode was we were all vying to be um, in Lloyd's movie, which is called Shakespeare's Shitstorm, mm -hmm. so, which is uh, a play on Tempest, the Tempest. So um, <laughs> we're going through our paces, and uh, there's a, like a lot of stuff that's going on, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not. And I'm, I'm just like, dude. You're I, thinking it out. Yeah, I'm like, no, like, there's nah. no way that I'm doing that. And Lloyd liked that. And he came up to actually, uh, the last thing that we went through was um, having our heads smashed. But it was a uh, watermelon yeah. getting, getting smashed Just, instead of heads. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm down there and I'm covered in... Um, watermelon all over the place, just like and I'm <laughs> just looking up. Guts. I'm just laying back, and there's there's shit like falling off my face, and I'm like, motherfucker. And I've got like watermelon seeds in my beard. And Lloyd comes up to me. He looks down. He's like, you know what, kid? He's like, I swear to God, if if we if they didn't already say that Ming was getting the part, I'd cast you. And I'm like, aw. I said that is so sweet because they. That's, we know how stuff is going to end up. Yeah. So um, that was, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. So Ming got to be in a Lloyd Kaufman movie, but Ming also had to wear prosthetic breasts. So he had, um, I think there were <laughs> D cups. And yeah, I just, 
<laughs> There's no way that a woman can look at a man who's got. Yeah, no, no. You you, you attract a particular type. Yeah, but not maybe not the one you want. Yeah, exactly. But and, <laughs> hey, whatever. But you know, it wasn't wasn't um, a fit for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Charles, I no, <laughs> they were great friends. I'm sure they were, I'm Charles. Sure but they were. Guess what? They weren't for me. So. That's awesome, though. I I got a chance to to briefly talk with him as he was leaving, and like he, I I held the door open for him as he was leaving, and he was like, "Thank you. What you? What you? Oh, you're the audio guy." He was like taking the time to like, "What do you do?" I'm I'm like, "Oh, I'm a filmmaker too, but I work at the I work at uh, I work at Smart Castle." He's like, "You are?" Hands me his business card. That's great, right? And I was like, that's so cool. That I is. was like, I got goosebumps thinking about it because I was like, I didn't, I've always appreciated what Troma has done for like B-movies. Like they, like, especially even now. Oh dear God, yes. Where it's like, I think that those kind of movies are important in, in a weird way. Like I, like I, I understand the current landscape of movies, what are big and what's not. But I think that with having those type of films and injects, a healthy level of variety into what you can consume on a on the fucking day to day basis in terms of just like media in general and fun things. Like, I w- I wish that there were more of them in theaters, but like, I just come on. It's a good. It's a you're gonna have a good time when you put on a trauma flick. It's very true, and I will say this, and I, this is why I lament the death of the video store because you know uh, there were the bat wings, you know the bat wing doors. And you knew back there, it's like adults only. You go through there. You get in trouble. You're getting, yeah. Um, someone's someone's getting an ass whooping. But if right next to it, there were the B movie, the horror movies. Yeah. What's right, up, Shane? Um, and many of my formative years were like City of the Living Dead, and some of the some of the Bava films. Uh, Mario Bava and Luciano um, uh, Argento, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lucio Argento, and his daughter Asia, and he's got a son who does it, and Bava's got a son who does it too. But I, that's how I found out about that stuff. That and Chiller Theater, like the actual like Channel Eleven Chiller, yeah, 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 know, which is you know that was amazing to me. Um. But because you get gems that you would never normally find. No. Like, it, for like, like even the classic Night of the Living Dead film, of like because they had their copyright issues, but they were always it was always in circulation on VHS. Yes. And then movies like Chopping Mall wouldn't even exist. Oh my God! The, and without the birth of the VHS, and, like here's here's what's insane. Kelly Maroney, mm-hmm. who was in Chopping Mall, follows me. How awesome is that? That's pretty. Dumb. And Barbara Crampton. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. You're just geeking out about it because you're like, no way. We were that, just... I, I was like, holy crap. Oh my god, that I'm was because that's one, one of my because that's one of my favorite B movies as well. Not trauma, but at the same time, they just kept making these like just such fun schlock films, and because they know what they are. Return of the Living Dead, fantastic. That's and I lament not just the death of the um, the video store, but the death of the drive-in. Yeah, because you could watch that stuff, and I saw uh, Return of the Living Dead over at the Hazlitt uh, Drive-In 
theater. Where Cinemark is. Cinemark is, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I swear to God, if I ever win the lottery, when I win the lottery, you got to be positive about oh, these yeah. things, folks. When I win the lottery, I'm buying like a You're buying land? Buying a shit ton of acres, and I'm going to create a uh, drive-in movie club. It's going to be like Ooh. a... It's like a um, a swim club. How like, cool is that? That's a cool idea. You got two, like going one way and the other way. The Zapsic Drive-In has a great ring. Of course it, it does, that's, doesn't it? That has a really cool ring. Or the Zaplite Cinemas. Zaplite Cinemas. The, or the Zaplite Drive-In. Oh um, man, that would be crazy. And I would show nothing but B movies and some, you know, some really cool shit from my childhood. Um, I saw. I saw, um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw House. These are great movies that nobody thinks about these days. You know, uh, I saw them all at the, th the movie theater, but I buy it and we encircle it with that, um, uh, the, sh the shit they, they use on the parkway. You know, that oh. sound baffling stuff. Yeah. One of the, you know, it would be really, really cool. World's best snack bar there. At this place that you were just... Oh, yeah. It's right in between both of the um, drive-ins because oh, there will be a okay. thing up, too. Okay. So it's, like, right in the center, and you can go up on the roof and dine there and have the world's greatest snack bar stuff, like... Um, like um, Premium popcorn. Yeah, man. no, not just premium. I'm talking, like, milk duds that are, like, this big. How awesome would that be? Like for dessert, and you get popcorn, um, popcorn crusted chicken, with you know a nice light oh. Bernays sauce. I want this place to exist uh, I, so, so badly. I. I know. Like well, now then, I'm mad that this doesn't exist then yet. Start giving me some really kick-ass lottery numbers. Come That's on, what I'm asking man. for. Come on, people! If you got some winning lottery numbers, you yeah, know what to invest me. in. So oh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing all these people put up like Brain Dead. That was a great movie. Uh, Dead Alive. That was another Dead one. Dead Alive. Okay, Shit, yeah. there we go. Um, uh, how about uh, Deadly Friend? I don't know Deadly Friend. Oh, that was uh, very early. Uh, Kirsty Swanson and Matthew Labareau, who was uh, or Lamoureux, Lamoureux. <laughs> Joe was, just gave you a whole list of numbers. Uh, Joe, I've, that's I'm gonna play him then. <laughs> um, but that was uh, what was the movie called? Deadly Friend. Deadly friend. Yes, it was um, Matthew La Lamoureux, who was uh, Laura Ingalls' uh, brother, stepbrother in uh, Little House on the Prairie. Okay. I'm like adding. I've got all these. So I've uh, is got that for just, me? That's no, this is this is my <laughs> list of like movies that I okay. should watch. Oh shit! And I'm always like updating it because like some of these, it's there's like obvious ones, but then there's like obscure ones that only I had only heard in like passing. Uh, I'm so excited. I've been trying to dive mm -hmm. into these just on the regular, so I'm excited to add that. Look at Chrissy. List. Chrissy Wiseman's just giving me all these great movies. So People yeah, the these are all Chrissy. Give me, give me your uh, your lottery picks, and you know I'll I'll put them down, and you know I'll I'll give you a ten percent stake. Anyone <laughs> gives me winning lottery numbers, I'll give you a ten percent stake in the uh, Zaplite Drive-In. You so, heard it here first, yeah, folks. Ten percent stake. <laughs> I will. I'll do all the. Let's all go to the lobby so, advertisements yeah. for I'll, you. Hell yeah, you will. I'll have. I'll have Chrissy and uh, Chris McDonald do the, the animation. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. And, like I said, the um, you, 
it'd be a club. You'd pay what, like two fifty? No, five hundred dollars. Uh, like for a year? For well, per season, because you've got between May. Let's even do April, April and October, and you can go to the drive-in ten times with a you know however many people in. But your in car. that five hundred, what is what is what is the the package deal there? You get like to what? go any ten. Any 10 times. Yeah. Because hmm. take a look at uh, prices for drive-ins. That's very They charge by the people. They do. At the, There's only one left in this state that I've been to. Down and in it Violin? Is, yeah, it's fun. But it is, it's, a, it's a little pricey. And it's, and it's, but it's uh, rightfully so because, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but like that business is just a dying breed. Of like, course it it's, is. They... You don't open a new drive-in movie theater, which is a really unfortunate thing to say, considering they were really helpful during the pandemic, when all these pop, these pop-up drive-ins were a thing. But uh, what was I going to tell you? Uh, th- this would be like the closing thought for me in terms of B movies and theaters. You know how AMC right now is like everybody's like kind of going up in arms because they're going to introduce like pricing based on the seating. Their uh, preferred seating. Yeah. Yes. I'm not a fan of that per se, but like if they're going to do more stuff like that, like, and apparently they're also going to ch- charge more for bigger event movies, like Marvel movies will get like a, a, a higher a bump. price, a bump. Okay. But like, I think that if they're going to do stuff like that, then they need to have more opportunities to put the smaller movies into theaters as well. She, yeah. Just to give people the variety of like, listen, if all this shit is just going to be remakes and sequels, Put some fucking trauma schlock in the fucking theater and let it make three million dollars in yeah. like four weeks. Like fucking, like even even like movies like Terrifier two, which made fucking almost fifteen million dollars on a eight hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah, like come on. I think that I think that's the way to do it. Um, just more. <laughs> you're getting more and more of these numbers, man. I know. Hey, this well, is I'm awesome. Take them, so that's good. Cool. But I'm definitely in for this driving thing. Oh yeah, but that hell is, yeah! But the event- actually, you would be the guy that I come to. I'm like, come on, we're gonna spec this out because oh. you would do the technical specs for me, and you would have to learn that new genre. Oh man, I would. I'd be so happy. Yeah, because and I would. I'd be. I would honestly retire if I could just run a drive-in. Like if that was the case, and if somehow you won the lottery and you were like, Christian, I want you to run this for me. I would do it in a heartbeat because then I could make my movies and do whatever I want and on the side. And you do your triple features. I do my triple features. Right. And I would take over the – I'd make sure that we've got, like, the snack bar going good. Yeah. Yeah, that's – and seating up top just so you could, like, watch your movie. Yeah. That, that'd be oh. badass. This and is, we could also do, like, a, um, a flea market during the day. Okay. There mm. you go. So, yes. That's, mm. But they have to break down. They have to break down and clean up their stuff. Oh, if they don't yeah. clean up their stuff, we break their legs on their way out. And that's written in the contract. Like there's the contract. no going around it. Yes. But it was a fun event, and I, I hope I hope Lloyd comes back with another movie. Yes. That would be awesome. Plans are in the works, from what I understand. We definitely need to do like a, How about like a Toxic Avenger, Toxic uh, the Avenger remake. Night. We need to do it. Can you imagine if we could get uh, Peter Dinklage down here? How we'd awesome we'd sell out like that. Of course we would. Peter, I know you watch. Peter, you're watching right now. Come on. Because we're, we're on your wavelength. Fuck the suits, right, Peter? You, you, we, 
Whoa, John presented an interesting theory. If Spirit Halloween opened drive-ins with the same business model as their costume shops, we'd have them all over. Yes, but I think it's expensive because uh, as Ernie and Kevin and uh, Ashley have told me about theaters, um, theaters, yeah, it's the concessions that... You're not in the movie showing business, you're in the candy business. You're in the popcorn selling business, which is, I, I understand completely, and... But, as a matter of fact, you know where I, I heard that from Stephen King in, um, when he was writing as Richard Bachman. Oh, word. Yeah. In the long, uh, the uh, Road Rage. It was Road Rage. In one of them, yeah. There was a guy who uh, said that the concessions pay for, like, the entire... I'm not surprised. Thing. I mean, with... And this is back in, like, 1980. It's probably more true now than ever. I have no doubt. Sell booze and edibles. You'll make bank. And you're not wrong. Uh, but I also don't want cops to be hanging out and, you know. Make it a hot spot. Like, yeah. as soon as you leave the theater, it's like you're lights dead. on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. Um, and it's going to happen no matter what you do. Oh, without a doubt. But at, at the same time, it's You don't want to encourage it. Yeah. But we don't, we don't necessarily... Uh, talk down if you partake you know no we don't we don't we, oh, don't. we should have a breathalyzer and it'll put the arm up <laughs> there you go. to leave the theater you must, you must blow yeah. in this. take a tissue you must have down. a blood alcohol level of less than 0.5 percent oh man or 0.05 i like this idea because you know if, let's say this opened somehow let's say this opened this year and it would open just in time for the flash oh did oh, you wow. see that trailer? That trailer looks insane. How am I? Yeah, that trailer. There so, are some people who said that they saw um, Christian Bale as Batman in that trailer. And there's some people who said that they saw George Clooney Batman in that trailer. What? Yeah. <laughs> there were some people on Twitter like, hey, that was George Clooney. I was like, nah, I don't no, think so. No, that's not who that But is. it might have been because my eyes are getting old. And I mean, for God's sakes. I... I'm conflicted about the Flash movie. That trailer looked great, but I think it's kind of funny when they put out a trailer for the Flash and the only thing everybody's talking about is Batman. Well, yeah. (laughs) But like, but having Keaton back when he when he said I'm Batman, straight chills, man. Okay. When he when they turned the lights on in the Batcave and they they threw the um, they took the the tarp off of the Batmobile. Yep, that was pretty badass. But here's my thing. Um, springboarding off of that Indiana Jones what did you think about that oh my god I've been hype since they announced that this was a thing I was a little worried when Spielberg dropped out but now I wouldn't have been I mean that that was actually for me yeah because he did Crystal Skull listen I'm it's also Steven Spielberg I know, but he, but it's Spielberg, and he directed Crystal Skull, correct? Yeah, okay, fine, but uh, like... And like you said, everybody's got to have a stinker every now and then. That's, that's fair. Well, that was before we actually came on the air, but yeah, we were talking about, we were talking about somebody, and we'll get to him in a second. Just a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I... Oh, man, I'm excited, and knowing that it's a... James, Ma- I can never get his last name right. James Magnagold or Mag- Magold, who did uh, Ford versus Ferrari mm-hmm. and the Wolverine. Yes. He's helming this movie, and it just looks magnificent. 
I am like, it looks like the send off that Harrison's Ford legendary character deserved. Like, I I am excited to see it for sure. That is probably my hope. Does it come out this year or next year? I don't know. I think it's this year. I hope it's this year. Yeah. I'm Batman. The best, the the best worst thing ever. Yeah. Very true. Mm, yeah. I'm still mad at Spielberg for Ready Player One. What? I like that movie. Yeah, but he loved the book, I'm sure. You John, were, you, John you're a big fan big, of the book. Big fan huh? of the book, huh? I get you. I, and believe me, I understand. But visually, Ready Player One was eye candy. And I'm also, I, I read it, and I also listened to the audiobook. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo that way. That's I'll do weird. both. But uh, I read it, and then uh, to have... Will Will Wheaton um, do the audiobook is just so fantastic because he was, you know, skirting that, um, jumping over that that, uh, that line a bit. Well, the dimensions. Oh, okay. The nerd dimensions. Oh, the Oasis. Yeah. Yes. I I I never read the book per se. I just I I have to go off of the movie, and I mean, maybe one day I will get around to reading it. But I just, I really enjoyed that flick for what it was because it mm -hmm. felt like, it felt like the return, at least momentarily, of like that old school, despite being a CGI fest galore, it felt like the return of kind of the old school blockbuster for just a moment. Yeah. Like it felt like something that would have been made in the 80s where everything in that would have been live action. Like the, the logical successor to Tron. Yeah. So I, I yeah I get that I get and in that in a world completely. where I'm not getting the proper Tron legacy sequel that I damn sell that I damn well want and I don't deserve want, and I don't want fucking Jared Leto in it like it's apparently going to be. But I don't like, want no Jared Leto and nothing of mine. Yeah, apparently he's he's not even allowed to use our bathroom. <laughs> yeah, folks, it actually says no Jared Leto yeah. on the bathroom in here in the it does in the secret stash. But yeah, no, I I'm a Ready Player One fan for sure. But I will, uh, I am pipe. We need Indian to talk Jones. about what's happening after this podcast. What? We're guest hosted. Oh, guesting. that's right. So don't we need forget. to, we need to. And we're going to, whatever we don't get to, Christian's got a little list. Just he, was, he was afraid that we were going to come out here because we were, we were coming out here cold. And um, he's like, well, we're going to have, we're going to look like morons not having anything to talk about. And I'm like, I didn't when has that, that ever been a problem? When have you ever known me not to be able to talk about bullshit? That's very true. Yeah, exactly. But I, at the same time, there was a lot of stuff that had happened since, well, even last week, a lot of cool trailers dropped, like Guardians 3, which I didn't see, but you did. I did. It was it was cute. Another Marvel trailer. Yeah. It was yeah simply a Marvel trailer, which is fine. And then uh, they also announced, because it wasn't in James Gunn's initial announcement, that uh, Keanu Reeves as Constantine is right. coming back. Not Constantine, folks. Constantine, because I got difference. corrected. Yes. Uh, Constantine is uh, the non-British. Whoa. Whoa. I'm a magician. That's <laughs> And um, I think I told you this before. I was not a big Keanu fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw him in... I saw Permanent Record. That was the very first movie, and I think that was his breakout um, movie. It wasn't Bill and Ted? No. I, he was he was before, he was going before yeah. that, okay. Uh, permanent Record's about a um, 
like the most popular kid in school commits suicide and it shows everything around oh that affects that yeah Damn. that affects everybody and it was that sounds heavy it was incredible i was like holy shit what did i just watch and it was like a uh, like a an anvil to the head mm. it was like holy crap why did you drop that on me and um almost like um and it predates uh dead poet society oh okay so it had that emotional punch but it like it happened but it was right just, at the beginning. It was still like, whoa. Yeah. Like, like Keanu, whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. That's just from the jump, it was like just a heavy film. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God, yeah. All right, Michelle, I think it was one of Michelle Mayrink's last movies. And then again, a great movie from the, like the, the video store, Real Genius. Real Genius. Yes. Okay. With Val Kilmer. You never saw that? No. You should put that on your list. Real genius. Real genius. Val Kilmer, William Atherton. Okay. Michelle Mayrink. Uh, Patty D'Arbonville. Yes. Years into years into his career, I watched that flick and was blown back. Kinu new rules. Kinu new, yes. Kino. Uh, actually, um, Mr. Reeves um, earned my respect from everything I've ever heard of him. He just is a stand-up guy mm -hmm. and a really, really nice guy. I didn't really like uh, Much Ado About Nothing, but it's all right. I uh, Everybody's I mean, going to have a stinker uh, every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I... Of course, the Matrix. The, the the first Matrix, I was like really, really big into. Oh my God, the first Matrix, I was convinced that everything was a simulation. I'm like, yeah, I'll, they got to figure it out. The real Matrix made the the Matrix made it ever, everything just kind of unnerving. I yeah. was like, wait, what the fuck? These deja vu, holy deja fuck. Vu. But I I think for me, his his seminal role will, for will be. One, probably John Wick. John Wick, of course. I love those movies. Like, I think that they really helped bring about this wonderful renaissance of action that we've been getting lately yes. that I think was just kind of needed because everything that we had been getting up until that point was either, like, just Marvel movie action mm -hmm. or, like, direct-to-video type deals where it was kind of, like, uh, just... Liam Neeson starring in something for a paycheck exactly. type deal. But I like, think that his last one was called Paycheck. So Johnny Paycheck. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Sure. And I want you to, I'm going to throw this out there now because I want you to use this as an homage later Okay. in your filmmaking. Ooh. What I would like you to do, and this, I'm hoping that this is in your skill set, um, take a fight scene, take like a three minute fight scene. Um, okay. Uh, from John Wick or John Wick two or John Wick three. Just a three minute fight scene. Just from a three something. minute, one of the three minute fight scenes that I'm sure is in there and, uh, uh, sync it up to uh nine to five by Dolly Parton. I would love, I'll bring that in next week. That. I would love that. Oh, I, I got you. To, this is going to be, you and get, we will put it up and I want to see this because 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 nine to five. Okay, you and I have talked about. We've this. talked about this because it started on the Orville. Yes, nine to five is is 
one of the best. Well, it's a great song. It is. It's fantastic. It's a great song. Dolly Parton song. It's not only that, but it is an amazing movie. That is true. And is that on your uh, list? Or oh, well, I've you... seen that, but okay, it's been a good. while. But okay. I'll rewatch it for the sake of I that. I watched it like two weeks ago, and I'm like, that is a fucking great movie. And everybody is still alive who was in that. Well, almost. I'm, I'm sure there are a couple of people who are dead, but, but still. Nine to five. So there's this scene in the Orville uh, that uh, has a fight scene set to that song, and it's unironically like badass it is it's and it was it's not just a fight scene it's like a um it's an outer space uh it's yeah it's it's, it's a spaceship it's a, it's a laser battle yeah. fight a spaceship fight yeah, and it's, it's and it's awesome it's one of like the coolest moments in like the first season of the orville um christian if you're doing that also do it to the muppet show theme song a fight show set to that why not i i I mean it'd be a much it'd be much shorter it'd be much shorter but like and definitely much more bizarre how about the matrix i'd love to see the matrix with the muppet show theme would that be cool that would be cool cool. and that'll be two weeks mark that'll be two i'm i actually like these little challenges come in so i gotta do something from john wick to nine to five yeah okay cool now do you just want that scene set to nine to five or do you want me to try and fit it to the rhythm of the song a little bit? I would like to see to, to yeah. fit it to the, I'd okay. Love to see that. All right, cool. The, I got, Oh, Oh, that's a cool idea. Christian do something with Mr. Downtown. Probably some meat on those bones. Oh, that's not a bad idea. No, no, no. You have to write the rookie song. I got to write a song about the rookie. Oh, like, okay, because he's referring to, I did that Orville track a couple of months ago. I haven't, because I was trying to turn that into, like, something I would do on the regular, which was, like, nerdcore music corner, where I would just take something that inspired me and turn it into a song. Okay. I might I might do that with The Rookie. That's not a bad idea. I do like that show, but my raps are corny. Um, I still like them. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that, because cool. I, I actually put it into a script I'm working on. Fantastic. I, and it I is a, it. but it fits so well because it actually thematically fits. Cool. So we didn't tell people what's happening after the podcast is over. We've been trying to get there, folks. Working nine to five. We, we just keep missing the mark. Uh, we are going to be uh, guesting over at U.S. Comics. Right after this show. Basically. Right after this show. So uh, stick around. And uh, can we put up the link? Uh, yeah, we can. Uh, I'll put it up in the description. Yeah, Charles and, and John, when when you get a chance, if you can throw that up there for us, we'll let uh, people know where to yeah. to find it. Yeah, put it in the uh, the comments. That's awesome. So, but we're um, gonna literally as soon as this show is over, we're gonna go head on to that show. You're jumping and right that in. Starts at eight o'clock on their pages. So yeah, so we have a we have. A couple of minutes. We do have a couple of minutes, but you know, Mike, uh, we've been talking for a little bit. I think it might be top five time. I believe it is. What do we got? All right, your top five, folks. Here we go from the um, from the stacks of Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. We have our top five this week, February fifteenth, 
2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, in, and these are in no particular order, but just the way that I grabbed them. Uh, Fantastic Four, number four. Now, something happened with the Fantastic Four that made them split up. You're going to find out what happened right here. Okay. All right. Frank Miller presents okay. Pandora. Uh, this is a favorite of mine because it's actually written by Frank, and um, it's drawn beautifully by Emma Kubert. I looked at this one a little bit before the show. It is actually really, it's really beautiful. Cool. Love this. Uh, I've met Emma. She is an amazing, uh, amazing artist, an amazing person. Um, and That's I just, the best. I just love this. It's, um, uh, it it's got a touch of Lord of the Rings and a touch of the Goonies and a touch of. What else can I throw Ooh. in there? It's it's very. Um, it, I like it, that sales pitch. It, it checks a lot of the boxes. I'm about it. Uh, next up is with this is very cool, DC Universe Lazarus Planet, Dark Fate. So uh, we're getting closer to seeing what the hell uh, the complete fallout is from the Lazarus pits all exploding in a yeah. volcanic. Eruption, okay. and uh, this gets us just a little bit closer to the end game. Ooh. Uh, I've got Invincible Iron Man number three. This is the, um, the autobiography of Tony Stark. This is really <laughs> well worth the pickup. Uh, Jerry Dugan is one of my favorite writers these days. Him, um, there are Jerry couple. Dugan. Jerry Dugan. Name to look out for, people. Yes. Well, I mean, he's still pretty pretty big up there, and. Uh, we might see a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. And this is really cool. Uh, another one of my faves, uh, Danger Street. This is Danger Street number three. And it, this is like a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Back in the 70s, they did a first issue. It was called First Issue Specials. And uh, sure. So Metamorpho was in there. Um, the Green Team. Uh, Starfire. Who else was in there? Uh, Starman, the blue Starman. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Agent, well, Atlas. Um, Agent, oh, God, well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, it's one of um, those. It's okay. It is. Uh, but just a bunch of like B and D string um, superheroes. And this brings them all together. Oh, and the new gods were in here, of course. Uh, and Manhunter. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, wait a minute. It was uh, Codename Assassin. That's what his name was. Um, not Agent anything. Uh, and this just brings them all together, and this is uh, Tom King. So Those were the top five. There's your top five. I dig it. So I had a comment earlier that I just kind of missed from uh, Josh Petrino. He's a good buddy of mine. Christian, when are we doing a shot-for-shot remake of Heat with the Muppets? So, Mike, when you win this lottery, yes, it's been shown that Disney doesn't give two shits about the Muppets. If you let me and Josh pitch this, and we have the financier ready. You damn straight. Yeah. See, Josh, we got a deal. We just got to call Disney. They'll let, and, us, they'll let us do it. And they you would. Throw me uh, two numbers for that Powerball. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I should take everybody. Everybody should, like, throw two, like, numbers at me, and I'll take the... Uh, Oh, another B movie that I. This is one of my favorites, Sleepaway Camp. 
Sleepaway Camp's fantastic. That movie freaked me out, especially the ending. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. That face haunts me. Oh, man. my God. So pretty yet so... You know why it's so creepy? Someone, one of my... Uh, one of my homies does special effects makeup, and I, mm. we were talking about this, and she was like, I know how they got that effect. I was like, effect? They were like, oh, yeah, that face is a mask with glass eyes that they put over the, the face of the actress play, actor playing him, mm. who is still unknown to this day. And they, they said that the effect was so creepy that the guy who created the mask destroyed the mold because he was like, never, never again. Wow. I love that. I love that story. All right, so there we go. Cue everyone suggesting number three and seven. <laughs> All right, those two are done. Have you no. ever tried to play those? 37, no. <laughs> three, seven, 37, no. And pick three. No, fuck. No, no, no. No, sorry. Oh, man. Um, um, you have homework. I do have homework. Besides your homework. I have this behemoth to read. Behemoth? I mean, this is a pretty, this is a pretty big book, but it looks like a breezy it's read. behemoth. Not Bohemoth. All right. Bohemoth. There we go. Fine. (laughs) Julia's word of the week, and she's not even here. (laughs) Behemoth. Behemoth. Uh, There you go. This is Supreme, the story of the year. Uh, This was written by Alan Moore, the great Alan Moore, uh, with art by Chris Sprouse, Joe Bennett, Rick Veach. uh, Alex Ross did covers. This is a love letter to Superman from the 1960s. This is amazing. It is one of my favorite stories. You're going to see why. And, and Supreme is from... Um, who did this book, by the way? The the book is... Rob Liefeld created Supreme when um, Image... Deadpool. Deadpool creator? Yeah. Oh, cool. When all the Marvel, the, the Marvel artists left mm. Marvel. Let's Meh. see how many times I can get the word Marvel in a sentence. Um, when they left, they they brought with them ideas for... New comics, so they created them like Young Blood, um, Wildcats, and they were all like Jim Lee had, did Wildcats, uh, Rob Liefeld did Young Blood. He farmed this out Supreme. This was his. Mm-hmm. So they all had like a slice of the universe. There's Stormwatch, which you're gonna know about because they became the Authority. But that's like further down the line. In the beginning, they were huge, and this. It was all pretty much like a new canvas that they were they were painting on. Yeah, because I mean it's their own. But it's also, um, I mean, Stormwatch was Shield with superheroes. Supreme is was uh, Superman without a conscience. So oh. if you're like, uh, what was that? Uh, Bright Brightburn. Yeah. Brightburn got the idea from Supreme. Supreme was like, oh, screw okay. you, yeah, you know, screw you, criminals. You're making uh, Megalopolis. Into uh, a shit shithole, used his uh, vision supreme to destroy him. So, um, so they uh, took all that stuff. But later on, when sales started to flag on these, they brought in some. Does uh, it mix art styles? They do very much so. I liked that because it went from like a very old school yep. Superman look to more of the new age yep. stuff. And then you're going to see Mickey they, Mouse they did this, like right here. Whoa. This is aping like uh Mad Magazine style which is That's then, wicked. Then they're aping uh where is it? Um like the 1950s style right there. There you go. How cool is that? That's 
That's pretty damn cool, actually. This is badass. So that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, they got Rob Liefeld got Alan Moore to write this, <laughs> and Stormwatch was taken over by Warren Ellis. Another, uh, I mean, it was like the the Brits, you know, coming over here and mm-hmm. doing uh, another, you know, British invasion. I dig this. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into this. And Brian Hitch is famous for, we wouldn't have uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe if it wasn't for Brian Hitch, mm-hmm. who started doing, he, he did stuff for uh, Marvel, but he really, um, you know, made his bones doing this. Doing these type of stories. Yeah, doing the, the Wildstorm stuff. Like Stormwatch and um, the Authority. That's dope. And the Authority begat the Ultimates, which is what the basis for the Avengers is. Oh, so that's why. Okay. Like Nick Fury, in the Ultimate Universe, is black, and he's Samuel L. Jackson because that's the way that Brian Hitch drew him. After Samuel L. Jackson. No, before. No, they no, no. Got- but like he drew him after. Like he drew him to look like him. Yes, very much so. And then they cast him. There's no him. way he could say no. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, sorry. I mean, you could say no, but you're disappointing the yeah. kids. You no, know, you're right here. You know, something. someone also pointed out that uh, when Hasselhoff played Nick Fury, that he actually kind of looked like him in the old books. He did. He did? Yeah. That's Well, he grayed up his temples, and he had the cigar and the eye patch. It's really not that difficult. If you can get the scruff done right, okay. you're good. You're golden. But do you think that this new new iteration of Nick Fury is kind of like the- Superior? He's superior to the old Nick Fury? Do you? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Uh, Sergeant Fury was back in World War II. <laughs> That's 70 years ago. It's really difficult to- Relate to that as yeah, much now. And, and to have people be like, well, you know, he, he took this serum and I, I, I would kill somebody. To get that serum. So, there you are. So, Christian's fading, folks. So <laughs> No, I'm... Ex- no, I'm This just, is uh, his... Um, that's my homework. This is his homework. So, uh, next week, we will talk about this. Next week, we'll talk about this and uh, also that uh, other book you gave me. You, oh, the rest of the... Um, no, the other one. You gave me another book after that. Which one did I give you? You. It's in my backpack. I got uh, But we'll cover that. Next week will just be Comic College, right? We just go through all the assignments perfect. I have. Top five and just Comic College. I am totally okay with that. Yes. Yeah, this has been fun. good reading. I am excited to dive into that, though. Damn straight. That's going to be good. Um, I think this might be the end of the show for the, us on here. And then yes. we're going to hop over to... Uh, to Charles and John's page. Yes, we will. We'll be there live at 8 o'clock. We will. Uh, we're going to game uh, do a little game planning with them. Mm-hmm. But, folks, thank you so much. It, we do this for you. We do. Um, well, actually, we do it for us because it amuses the shit out of us. Um, and, by the way, have you noticed no cursing tonight from me? Except for that little burst right there. Whoa. I know. Was, almost this no was a cursing. PG episode? This was, yes. Yes, this was a PG you could have brought the kids and sat down and watched us. Oh, well, we did talk about Shakespeare. Oh, Shitstorm. Shitstorm. Well, now we're in PG-13 territory. But I, I didn't... But it's still, I we're didn't, still good. I didn't use the T word. I used the B word. Uh-oh. I said boobies. That's true. So, okay, we're all right. We're still, yeah. in, we're still in clean-ish that's, territory. That's anatomically correct, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love doing this US show, Comics man. Company. Uh, folks, swing over there. 
uh, right after this. We're going to be uh, doing that in about 15 minutes. Pretty much. So, yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you there. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode alive from the Secret Stash. Take and care. We'll see you next week. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.